Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Including mascots. Including mascots. Yeah. Jeff, uh, we'll get to Gritty shortly. I know you're all over that one. Yes. Our Gritty correspondent is here to <laughs> respond. Um, stay up last night and watch Thursday Night Football? Uh, well, stay up. I made it to halftime. That's good yeah. for you. That's a lot of Thursday Night Football. The, the Rams are awesome. <laughs> the Rams are really good. They're a problem. Yes. <laughs> it's it's going to be a problem. And yeah. they've got lots of weapons and lots of everything going on. And who would think that... The Rams that, are probably going to win the Super Bowl. I'm calling it. Is that Mr. Kansas City Chief? Who, oh, have you already started going out and buying Do you know that the football is the one that comes to the point at the end? Not round all the, the Rams, way. The Rams, Chiefs are really good. I just don't want to jinx it with the Chiefs. Oh, okay. Cool. Oh, he's picking a team, so... Oh, forget it. That means the Rams would be done if you definitely go with right with the Rams. But we'll we'll get back. My team, but we're gonna go with the Rams. We'll get back to Brett's misguided football picks later in the show. Um, We're gonna (laughs) we're gonna give it a start by uh, talking a little Flyers. We've got uh, Sam Carcitti from Philly. dot com Daily Hockey Season. Sam, tell us how excited you are for hockey to be back. Hey, you guys, doing? Uh, We're real excited. It's uh, gonna be an interesting year. The Flyers. uh, I think they have a real good uh, offense this year. The defense has improved, but you know it's it's the same old, same old with the Flyers. The big question is goaltending, and it is going to be a question, especially early in the year, because they have some goalies that are banged up, and uh, Carter Hart probably is not quite ready. So, uh, but it's going to be an interesting year. Well, uh, Sam, thanks for calling in. You that. just covered everything we need to know about the Flyers for the season. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> So, so, so you mentioned the name that is is probably the the savior <laughs> of, of people in Philadelphia, and we you, we talked the three of us talked about him last year. He's he's only just turned twenty, but last year Jeff he, is the patient man. I know, but last year he had forty one. He played in forty one games, had seven shutouts, had a one point six goals against average, thirty one wins, only six losses, and a save percentage save percentage nine forty seven. He, he won the goaltender of the year. He won the gold medal. Uh, every, when I was up in Canada over New Year's, he was playing in Buffalo in the World Juniors, and everybody was talking about this kid. All right, so Statman so, Jeff has told us why we should have hope. Right. What are so, you seeing, So, Sam, Sam? What, what, do you, what say you about <laughs> should Carter Hart stay, stay up with the team now, or should he get a little seasoning with Lehigh Valley? I think he, he needs some seasoning with Lehigh Valley. Uh, best that's the best case scenario. Uh, that said, though, if Brian Elliott is not ready, then I, then I, you know, then by necessity you have to have him here. Uh, we'll know more. I think Brian Elliott will probably play tomorrow in their last exhibition game against Boston. Um, and uh, you know, if if he's ready, then then I think uh, you have to put Hart in the minors. And I'm not saying he's going to stay there long, but. Uh, you know, it may only be there two months. It can't really hurt him. I looked it up. That of the ten guys last year that had the the best save percentage, which to me is the number one stat for a goaltender in the league, uh, nine of the ten started uh, in the AHL uh, before they played in the, in the NHL. Um, I think Flurry was uh, the only one that didn't, and then he quickly went to the AHL after uh, you know a brief stay uh, with the Penguins. So. Uh, you know, and these then these are guys that turn into real high quality goaltenders. Uh, you know, so it can't hurt him to go there. Can it hurt him to start in the NHL and then to flounder a little bit? Maybe, 
But, you know, I, I, I just think uh, this kid is going to be a star uh, down the road, and, and uh, I, I think it, it doesn't hurt him to to build up his base a little bit. But this kid is mentally ready. I mean, he, he's he been with a sports psychologist since he's 11 years old. Uh, his goal is to be an NHL player. It's been that's been his goal for uh, probably ten years or so, and he's so focused. And uh, you know, I I don't think the Flyers can screw this up. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I hope uh, you're right. Well, what? So okay, so let's let's assume he goes down because I agree with you. I think the the smart thing to do is is to get him some seasoning and not put pressure on him from day one because the the frenzy. That will come about if he's if he's the opening day goalie. I just can't imagine around here the overreaction. So what about we have Brian Elliott, and what about Anthony Stolarz and Alex Lyon? Yeah, well, Lyon is Lyon is out. He'll be out about another three uh, three weeks with an injury. Michael Neuberth probably will be out another uh, week or or longer. We're still not sure because of an injury. Uh, that leaves Anthony Stolarz probably as your backup, uh, you know, to start the season. So, uh, you know, if, if all goes well with Elliott uh, over the weekend, he'll probably get to start Thursday in Vegas. And uh, you just don't want to overwork him uh, because we saw what that did last year. I, I think, you know, they started him so many games in a row. I think it was like 21 out of 22 uh, at one point, and maybe 18 or 19 in a row, it was just crazy. And I think that could have led. I'm not saying it definitely did, but it could have led uh, to his problems. And he had the core muscle surgery in February. Came back, came back too soon. Was not ready. I mean, that was clear what we saw in the playoffs. That was uh, just not the Brian Elliott that we saw during the regular season. Came back too soon, and then had uh, more surgery in the off season, had hip surgery in the off season. So, you know, he, he's looked okay, but not great in the preseason. Uh, he's only played one full game. So, uh, you know, that's, as I said, there are still some questions and that's why I don't think they've, they've sent Carter Hart down yet. They want to see how, uh, how Elliot responds to uh, the game tomorrow against the Boston Bruins. That game's in Boston at five o'clock. That's the Flyers last preseason game. So, um, uh, there's a lot of moving parts right now, but if I had to guess, I would think that Elliott starts the season and uh, st- uh, as a number one. Stars is number two for the time being until Michael Norberth is back. Carter Hart is the number one guy with the Phantoms. But uh, as I said, that, that will all play out in the next uh, couple of days. And Neuberth will be the number two with Stolarz going down once Neuberth comes back, would you think? Yeah, that that's the – that's uh, that's the plan. Uh, like I said, as Jeff, Lyon, as Jeff and I both cringe in studio, how do you feel about that? And how does the team feel about that? About, about uh, that Neuberth combination the... of Elliot and Neuverth as their starter and their backup. I mean, fans are obviously going to clamor for Carter Hart. We've been, you know, hoping for him. And <laughs> we talked with you last year and it was the same thing. I feel like we could have replayed the, the conversation sort of talking about it. How do you feel about that? going back into another year with, with Elliot and Neuberth, and is the shadow of Carter Hart going to just kind of eclipse a lot of them? Yeah, well, if, if Neuberth stays healthy, you know, he's fine. He's a he's a really good goalie when healthy. Um, but the Flyers' patience with him, quite frankly, is running thin. That's why I said don't, don't can out Carter Hart, uh, you know, for the entire year. 
let, let's assume he does go down on Sunday. Let's assume he goes, does go down to the Phantoms. Uh, Neuberth comes back and is ready, uh, you know, the second week of the season. And let's just say uh, in December, Carter uh, Neuberth is, is injured. Then, you, then Carter Hart could be here after, uh, you know, two or three months of seasoning in the AHL. Uh, and if he does well, he may be here permanently. Uh, and Alex Lyon is also in the mix. And, and uh, But to me, you know, Alex Lyon is a solid guy, uh, maybe a backup guy, but he doesn't have the pedigree of a Carter Hart. So, yeah, he sort of seems like um, the odd man out in that whole scenario. Um, yeah, and they may actually go with three goalies. When when they're all healthy, they may actually go with Stars, Lyon, and Carter Hart. How common uh, is with that? With the Phantoms. How common is that in the NHL? I mean, we often see where they have a backup, and then if the starter and backup get injured, they call like the local hockey goalie to come and put on pads well, for there, an there's afternoon. N- there's no room in, on the bench for two goals. So that's what I'm saying. How common would that be that you would have three <laughs> yeah, no, goalies it's, on it's, the it's roster? It's very, very rare in the NHL. But, but what I was saying is it. it it could happen in the AHL where they have three goalies, where it's Carter Hart, um, when healthy, Alex Lyon, and then Anthony Stolarz. Uh, again, this is when everybody's healthy. It's not ideal because you know you want your guys to get into a rhythm. You want your guys to be able to play. And of course, the AHL a lot of times they'll play Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and and uh, you know <laughs> you don't want to give a, a goalie one game a week. I mean, it, it just it just you they know, get they get no rhythm at that work. point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know, uh, at that point, they might decide to trade one of them. You know, trade a star or trade a line, or maybe even trade a Michael Neuberth. Let's um, Neuberth if he's healthy. Uh, I, I know everybody in Philadelphia is down on him right now because of his injuries. But if he's healthy and he's playing pretty well, and, and if a, an NHL goalie goes down with an injury on another team. You know, he he could be a, a, a guy that uh, that might bring them a, a decent draft pick. Now, I'm not saying a one or a two, but you know, at least a number three. Well, and that's and, the luxury uh, of of bringing Carter Hart along is whenever you decide he's ready, you have it a chip that's expendable to sort of go and make a move and try and strengthen your team in another area. Right, and and, and Neuberth in the right situation, like I said, if healthy, you know, with his experience, uh, you know, could help somebody. Uh, let's stick on health for a sec. We've got uh, Couturier and Simmons, who we really haven't seen in the preseason yet. How are they coming along? When do we expect them to be back on the ice? And what do you expect to see from them this season? I mean, Couturier obviously had that breakout year last year. What do you expect to see from both of them when they do come back, and when do you think we'll see it? I think we'll well, I think we'll see them both tomorrow in the game against Boston. Uh, they wouldn't confirm that. Uh, I was at practice today. They wouldn't confirm it, but all signs point to them playing, and, and Dave Haxtell uh, said that it's important for them to get into a game. Uh, so all signs point to them both playing tomorrow. I don't think I don't think you'll see Kachuri playing like 23 minutes, playing in all situations, power play, PK. Uh, but I do think you'll see him play 16 minutes, 17 minutes maybe, and they'll kind of ease him in. Same thing with Wayne Simmons. They're both really chomping at the bit. They were both want to get in there uh it's not so much for the mental aspect but uh it's it just to get into a rhythm and and to feel like uh you know they're just in sync with everybody their line mates and, uh interestingly Kachuri will be on a line tomorrow again this is based on practice today uh he'll be centering Giroux and Konechny but interestingly uh they had Simmons on a line with Van Riemsdyk and Vorobiev today uh, Van Riemsdyk dropped down from the second line to the third line, 
Oscar Lindblom went to the second line. I, I don't think that's how the season would start, but it's uh, it's obviously an option. So, how do you how uh, do you my, think the season will start in terms of the line combinations? Uh, I, I think it'll be Giroux. I'm, I'm sorry, Couture centering Giroux and Konechny on the first line. Uh, the second line, I believe, will be uh, Nolan Patrick centering Van Riemsdyk and Voracek. Uh, the third line, uh, it, it looks to me like Vorobiov uh, is the third line center. He'll, he would center Lindblom and Simmons. Uh, the fourth line, uh, I think you're probably going to see Lawton and Wheel, and they're kind of interchangeable as to who the center is and who the winger is. And Michael Raffle as the other guy. Um, to me, Lear and Weiss will be the extras. Uh, and that makes Latera uh, a phantom if that happens. But uh, Latera's going to get a shot tomorrow. He's going to play the fourth line center tomorrow, and uh, you know he's still in the mix. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, to me, uh, Jordan Wee almost has to make the team. Uh, because if you try to slip him through waivers, I think somebody claims him. You mentioned Nolan, <laughs> Nolan Patrick on the second line. From from what I've seen, at least so far, he looks bigger. He, he looks like he's starting to fill into his body. What have you seen with Nolan this this uh, preseason? Yeah, you know he's looked good, but he ha- he he has he's had a, some hard luck, hasn't scored, and and uh, but uh, you know we saw what he did the second half of last year, and. Uh, He's still trying to get some chemistry. Uh, they put Lindblom with him in last night's game. Uh, I guess it was in the second period. They moved Lindblom up because he has some chemistry with Patrick. Uh, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be uh, a 20-goal scorer this year. Um, and he'll keep developing. And I think he'll be uh, a big part of this second power play unit. And uh, the power play should be much improved this year. They were in the middle of the pack last year. But... Uh, uh, you know, adding Van Riemsdyk, it gives you two guys that are net a net presence out front on two different units with uh, Van Riemsdyk on one and Simmons on the other. Can you talk and about Van Riemsdyk for a second a little more and what you think that'll mean to the team? I mean, you're right. You got two big bodies down there on different lines that are really going to create some havoc uh, for defensemen and players in the crease there. Yeah, there's no question. He balances everything out. I, I You know, and... and, and he, uh, if he's on the second line, it gives you a top six that's one of the best top six in the league. Uh, based on last year's numbers, uh, Van Riemsdyk had 36 goals with Toronto. If you, uh, if those guys did what they did last year, do it this year, the Flyers would have 18 more goals than the top six on the Capitals. And of course, the Capitals are led by Ovechkin, who led the league with 49 goals last year. So you know, that's a that's a pretty good. Uh, There's a stat right there. there for you, Sam. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, so that you know, so that gives you. So that's what Van Riemsdyk does. He gives you two really solid lines, and uh, as as I said before, too, he also balances out the power play because now it makes the second unit uh, more dangerous because you can put Simmons down there with Patrick and Wheel and and uh, Provorov and and it. It just gives them more more dangerous guys on the second line. Simmons could end up on the first power play, and Van Reems that could go to the second. They're they're very interchangeable. I think the beginning of the year you'll see JVR in the first unit until Simmons gets his legs. But uh, the second power play unit last year was not very good at all. Uh, the first unit was good, uh, but the second unit was really 
uh, way below average. So, um, so to answer your question, Van Riemsdyk's going to give the power play more balance, and he's going to give them two dynamic lines. Uh, the problem for this team is not going to be scoring goals. The problem is uh, not giving them up. I shouldn't say problem, but the question is the goaltending. Can the goaltending stand up? Well, with with that, part of that is defense. So where are we with the development of the defensive pairings? Please tell me we will see fewer breakdowns than we did last season. <laughs> yeah, Andrew McDonald, you know, he was supposed to be out like four or five weeks, and he came back uh, a couple weeks early. <clears throat> he has not looked good in the preseason. Uh, but, uh, but you know, hopefully with more reps, he'll, he'll get into uh, game shape and be ready. Um, <clears throat> the deep pairings today in practice, uh, Provo was with with Gossis Bear, that's that's basically how they ended last season. They, they of course did change that in the playoffs a little bit. Um, Travis Sanheim was with Christian Folan today. Uh, Folan is was a is a physical guy. He played with the Kings last year. Um, there's a possibility he could bump Ratko Gudis uh, uh, to the seventh man on the team. Uh, I think Folan will play tomorrow. Uh, we'll see, but there's a chance Gudis will not be in the lineup for the opener. Uh, it, it just depends on matchups. Uh, and the other pairing is Andrew McDonald and Robert Haig. Uh, you know, I, I think we'll see a lot of development from Haig and Sanheim. Uh, Gosses Bearer, we saw a lot of development defensively last year. Everybody knows about his offense. Provorov, I think, is headed to, uh, to be an all-star, if not this year, certainly next year. And, uh, you know, and, and they have a guy in the minors, Phil Myers, who uh, is definitely going to be a, a big part of this team down the road. It might even be this year. So they have pretty good depth. Um, Friedman is also still with the team, but I, I, he's got good speed. But I do not see him uh, breaking with the team. He'll get sent down to the Phantoms this weekend unless there's an injury. And and you have Gudis and Folan. So I think everybody kind of thought Folan would be the seventh guy, but Right now, he's battling Ratko Gudis for uh, for one of the regular spots. I think the defense is going to be uh, okay. I don't think it's going to be spectacular, but I think that it's going to be serviceable and certainly better than last year. You mentioned the power play last year. The the penalty kill struggled. Uh, you know, they're only successful about seventy five percent of the time. I, I saw in a previous article you wrote uh, at the preseason that they could have a little bit of a new look this year. What, what should we ex- expect to see from the penalty kill? Yeah, they've been experimenting with a lot of different guys in the preseason, and nobody really knows right now. They had Corbin Knight uh, out there for a while. Uh, they've had uh, Travis Konechny out there for a while. They had uh, Dale Weiss, Taylor Lear. Uh, of course, Couture hasn't played yet this year in the preseason. So it's still a work in progress. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I th- almost think that they're going to have to change the personnel around. I was really surprised that Ron Hexel did not make a, a trade for an established penalty killer because I think this team really needs one. Uh, I think you'll see Couture, um, you know, as he gets in the game shape and he says he's close to it now, I think he'll be a, a you know, a primetime guy on the PK. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, they need to make a few changes, you know, whether, whether it's connecting that's added to it to give him more speed or, whether they have to lean on Giroux a little more, they they really don't want to do that if they if they can help it because they want to keep Giroux fresh for five on five for the power play. Um, you know they're hoping Scott Lawton can emerge. He had a rough game last night on the PK. Uh, the Flyers had 
uh, two penalties to kill yesterday, and both goal, both times they uh, turned into goals, and that was the difference in the game. So even Laterra is going to get a shot if he makes this team. I, he's on the bubble right now. So uh, to answer your question, um, <clears throat> I don't have a lot of a lot of uh, hope for this PK. Um, I, I really thought they needed to add somebody in the off season, and they didn't. But uh, I talked to Katuri about it today, and he says, you know, details, details, details. We weren't good at it last year um, on the PK, and, and we have to be better. And if they just do that, he thinks they can improve. should I, mention the last six, seven weeks of the year last year, they, they did improve. They went from like 29th in a league to 19th, which still isn't great, but, it, it you know, it's at least uh, almost midway. If, I, if they I can. A... I have a feeling we'll keep asking you about that as the season goes along, but I'd be remiss if I didn't let Jeff get in the last question about the biggest controversy revolving the organization this week. Go ahead, Jeff. The new member of the team. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Sam, have you had a chance to interview Gritty yet? <laughs> no, I haven't, but uh, Jimmy Fallon has, and almost, I think almost everybody nationally has. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shocked if not that it's taken off and it's, He's become a national celebrity. Uh, kind of scary looking to me, but he's, you know, it's uh, the eyes. Bear. It's just the <laughs> eyes. Well, so, well, so Sam, you're you're a relatively new grandpa, so uh, I, I am. Uh, I am. So, so in addition to congratulations, are you going to be bringing your your young grandkid <laughs> up close to beat Gritty anytime soon? Thank you. I I I don't know. I have to ask permission for my daughter, and my son-in-law, because. Uh, uh, to me, he's a little scary looking. He may, may give him, may give him some nightmares. I don't know, but uh, before, um, before we came on the air, Jeff and I were talking, and I, the funny thing was, they release it that day, and everybody in Philly's all up in arms. Then the national media gets a hold of it, and everybody in Philly treats it like we can make fun of our little brother, but you can't make fun of our little brother. And they get all defensive about gritty, even though they didn't like him the day before. It was just fascinating yeah, it, to watch. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, you know Stephen Colbert was making fun of him, and. Uh, <laughs> He showed up uh, everywhere. Allen had a good good time with him yesterday, and and uh, you know good for the Flyers. He's getting a lot of publicity, and uh, I talked to Wayne Simmons about it today, and, and Simmons said I think it's great, you know, because uh, everybody's talking about hockey and and him, and and uh, you know that was the purpose of it. So, you know, and look, give it's the not Flyers aimed for people credit. It's working. It's not aimed for us, of course. It's aimed for my son. Hopefully, it doesn't scare him away. But I will tell you, <laughs> if you're interested, his Twitter account is hilarious. It's pretty entertaining what they what they put yeah, out I there. Yeah, I've seen it. And I, I've seen the back and forth with the Penguins too, which was kind of fun. They I, they poked fun at each other. So yeah, I, uh, I was highly entertained. I recommend even if you're not into gritty that you follow gritty. Although Twitter if you want to get edu- educated, you should actually go to Sam's. You Twitter, should follow Sam's Twitter, which is account. Broad Street Bull. <laughs> well, there so. you go. Thank hey, you for the plug. All right, Sam. Before we let you go, what's the prediction for the season? Uh, I, I think they'll improve slightly from last year, but uh, don't forget, they were one of the top teams in the league last year over the last three months. The problem was the first two and a half, three months of the year when they had the 10-game losing streak. But, right. uh, you know, from, from January on, they were uh, they were terrific. Uh, the key this year is trying to be consistent all year. I think they'll be a little better uh, just because the, the addition of Van Riemsdyk and the blossoming development of some of the younger guys the goaltending is still a question that kind of scares me a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I think he had, what, 98 points last year. I think I can see him get 103, 102 this, this year. And 
make the playoffs and and probably be in the in the middle of the pack. Uh, and uh, you know they they could win around. I mean, I, I think they almost have to win around for for Dave Haxtell to be back. So uh, you know the pressure the pressure's on, and and uh, I think a lot depends on the development of Carter Hart too, because if if he no develops, <laughs> if he develops in the AHL and is here midway through the year, uh, I would feel a lot more comfortable with this team, knowing they have him there and and say an Elliott, uh, assuming he's healthy, uh, than I would with a, a Michael Neuberth and a uh, uh, <clears throat> Michael Neuberth and Elliott. I, I, I just, to me, Neuberth is a is an injury waiting to happen. So, uh, Are you, you know, a, a lot of moving don't, pieces. Don't tell the teams who might acquire him that sam just we'll keep that to ourselves <laughs> for right now well when he's healthy he's you know he's a very good goal. that's right that's what, what we're going to talk about the capitals a couple of years ago in the playoffs so, are you off to you boston uh actually i'm i'm not I'll, i'm i'm heading to vegas on uh vegas Tuesday. baby we have we have somebody else going to boston and i'll be in vegas and then wow. denver so uh it's an interesting so it's a tough start for the flyers because they have uh you know, Vegas, an upstart Colorado team, and then come home against uh, San Jose. And then they uh, uh, have, you might want, I wouldn't call it a gimme, but you have uh, Ottawa, which, uh, you know, they should beat on paper. But then you have Vegas again. So wow. I think they've, for their first five, are, are really tough games. And as you know, they have not gotten off to a quick start. Well, we'll hope in that years, so. we'll, we'll hope that Jeff can stay up to watch the first game in Vegas. But if not, he'll read about <laughs> it in your columns. And we appreciate you, you coming on, and we'll definitely have you back on throughout the season. You have a great one, Sam. All right, guys, thanks Take for your time. Sam. Thanks so much, Jeff. I wasn't totally inspired there. <laughs> I love Sam. I love his honesty, but it's exactly what I expected. Yeah, but to but hear. but you know, as he reminded us at the end of last season, there's a lot of youth. Yes. So the youth needs to develop, and you have a choice. You can not watch them develop, or you can sit around gritting your teeth. Like I love gritty. when patient but, Jeff makes an appearance on the show. <laughs> it's like, oh, um, they're going to they, come if, along. If, if, the, if they can make it through the first half of the season and be in contention for a playoff <clears> spot, <throat> and these are ifs, and, and if Carter Hart does develop. The key is Carter Hart. I have him no faith up, in the health. No, but it's, of, but it's more than that. It's the defense. If you put, if you put him, It's like putting a quarterback in front of a bad offensive oh, line. I know, and that's so why if you I put asked in, him. You put in a 20-year-old goalie. With a bad defense and a bad penalty kill, look what happened last night. I, you know, I'm with you. Cart- those goals were not all Carter Hart's fault. Um, There's um, nobody there to get rebounds. They they had a he had a two on zero at one point that he had to deal with because someone kind of slipped. You, you got to make sure that your your defensive line is in front of you. More importantly, yeah. When are you getting your gritty tattoo? We're getting a tattoo. <laughs> They're gonna come up with like hats for gritty, like they do for the fanatic and stuff. Oh, you branding. know, you know, there's gonna be gritty beards. <laughs> there, there's gonna be gritty everything. I think there's a gritty beer that's being made actually. A gritty now. beer? Yes, is it actually gonna have? Is it gonna have a gritty taste? I don't know. It? I wasn't consulted on Ugh. it. All right, before we take a break, but the beards you could you could see the red beards. Let's all over the arena. Let's go across the parking lot over to the Phillies. Yeah. Uh, before we take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk some Eagles and Sixers. <laughs> Jeff, what has happened to the Philadelphia Phillies? I ask that in the nicest, calmest, I'm not losing my it's, mind. It's uh, like way. watching the stock market crash. I mean, it, they have gone from promise and playoffs to 
just falling apart. Now, some and would say that that promise in playoffs was overachieving. I disagree. Smoke and mirrors and hype. I totally disagree. Okay. I, I don't look. I'm not a manager. Uh, I'm not a general manager. I just think that this team was overmanaged. I, I, I think. Have they used the same lineup in a back-to-back game yet? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> just checking. I mean, I mean, look. Well, la- last week we talked about the fact that. That Reese Hoskins got comfortable in the four slot and they moved home him runs back to in two. three, and then they moved him back to two. And I and I'm not I, I don't get I still somebody's got to explain to me what the logic behind that is. And and their defense is the worst in the league. I mean it's that bad. And the Reese Hoskins experiment left. And I don't blame Reese for this at all. Reese Hoskins is the consummate teammate. I mean he has said, look, you put me anywhere. All I'll I want to do is hit. I'll pl- I will play. But he is graded out under all these advanced metrics as the worst defensive left fielder in the majors. That that that's bad. And now you have this whole crazy situation that they're gonna have to deal with in the offseason of shuffling all the Clantec's gonna have to do a lot of work in here. And it doesn't mean getting rid of everybody. What it means is you gotta find people and put them in positions. I don't know if you remember last year we were talking about the Phillies down the stretch got better. When, they, when their relievers found their roles. It's the same thing with hitters. Hitters have to feel comfortable in the position that they are. And, and the game is changing so drastically, so quickly. I mean, we talked to Ron Darling a couple weeks ago about how pitchers are changing. All of this shift stuff and... And the way that they're don't don't wasn't sure where you're going there, <laughs> and 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 not having people play the same positions all the time, and not having them bat in the same positions all the time, it just it doesn't make sense. And Roman Quinn, who has done a very good job since coming up here, the guy who bat batted fifth. Yeah, well, so that that baffled me more than anything. So, so I've been confused about the fact that he's been batting ninth a lot of times, it's ahead of the pitcher. And I, I, I know the logic is supposedly Turn that the, the pitcher, over yeah, that it yeah. doesn't. I don't know who came up with that, but I, I'm guessing it doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to be producing more runs, right? I think we can agree. But then all of a sudden, he ended up fifth. Where did that I, come from? I, I don't. I don't know. I'm very confused by how where they're all playing. You're not giving me uh, any I, answers uh, to the questions uh, I'm asking. Last last week we talked about wouldn't it be nice the last ten games just put the the the, the guys the young guys in, in except the for position. they all got hurt. No, Scott Kingery hasn't played a, a lick of second base, which I don't understand at all. No, I mean why? Look, you're not winning anything at this point. Why not oh, put really? your lineup out there? <laughs> you don't even win a game at this point, let alone go into the playoffs or the wild. They card. may not be five hundred. No, by the end of the that season. is what is the worst because they need to sweep this weekend, and they've been they went zero and eight on the road road trip. the The collapse has been staggering. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like forty nine to twelve or something in the amount of runs that they've given up versus what they've scored. I mean, I know. The, <laughs> The other, the other night uh, when they were being struck out over and over again, and you texted me, they had struck out five times in a row to start the game. Right. And you're like, I don't know why I turned it on. They struck out five times. And then before you could even finish the text, they struck out the sixth time. By the time they were done, <laughs> it was they were down 9 nothing, and you were wondering when they missed the extra point. And it's just all you can they do struck is, out is a, laugh a to stop record-tying eight games to 
to start the game. Eight times to start the game. Yes, and the first nine outs were strikeouts. The only person that got on was, I think, believe Nick Pavetta on an error <laughs> by the pitcher. <laughs> Just think about what you said there. <laughs> I mean, if that's not the story, you got I mean, nine the guy's a good pitcher, but he is not Randy Johnson. And the only one who doesn't strike out is your pitcher. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. They're on pace for their worst finish to a season since 1942. Uh, but they were missing players due to World War II then. I know, yeah. but what I, what I don't understand about this is that the, the it's literally been subtraction by addition because every time they added somebody, it actually hurt them. Yeah, but it, tell it, me when those bats are consistent, consistently in the lineup. Like, the, but nobody's consistently nobody's, in the And that's the that's problem. The, there's you, no role. There's a reason that backups are backups and starters are starters. And, and we don't have a lot of that other than Carlos Santana seems to play every day. But they've said they're not changing the coaching staff. So what's right. going to be different next year? Because they can change the players. And if they don't put them in the positions that make them change excel, the chemistry. Look, we know that Reese Hoskins is a good player. Mm -hmm. But he's a better player at first base than he is left field. Yeah. And that's not a choice that he's going to make. Reese Hoskins is a great player. That That's that's the part that's being missed yes. in this city. He He's not just a good player. He is a great player. He is a, he is a future perennial all-star. But he needs to be put at first base to be able to concentrate. That is the position I watched him all the way through the minor leagues in. I never saw him in the outfield. Before we go to break, yeah, Carlos Santana is apparently recruiting Manny Machado. I know, which is, which, which is quite alone, a dilemma, isn't for it? For that purpose alone, right? Would you keep him and put him at third, since you want Hoskins at first? Like, what would you? What do? are you doing with Mikel Franco? Well, I don't think that you you bring in. If, if your problem is defense, you don't bring in <laughs> Machado and keep Santana at first. Like that is a softball infield lineup at that right. point with them. So wait, but so wait, who are you putting at third base? Well, I'm wondering, do you put Carlos Santana there? And then where's Machado going? Well, I still think I want to put him at shortstop. You want to put him at shortstop, or he no, wants to I want be to put him. I want to put him at third base. But where right. do you put Santana? Well, okay, so now you have three third base. That's the problem. Right. Uh, earlier this year, they had you three... You asked me a question, and then we ended up with an answer that there's three they third had basemen. three first basemen in the lineup right. on the infield earlier this year. So how do you make these pieces fit? You have to, you have to make commitments to going one way, even if it hurts the feelings of players. And, and Gabe Kapler is trying to be the consummate players' manager. It doesn't work. This is not Little League. You, there are, people need to realize starters are the stars of the team, the future of the team. And, and it's, it's not going to work by playing guys 110 games here or there and put, making sure that the bats are in the lineup by putting them at different positions they don't belong at. That, it, this, this is proven not to work this year. And you cannot do it again. And, you know, as somebody who likes defense and likes pitching, you're watching the, the wrong team. Uh, right, because, <laughs> you know, but you watched the Royals a couple years ago. And how did the the Royals, Defense who have no money, how did they win? Defense and pitching. Exactly. Yeah, and, of course. And so this year we supposedly sacrificed offense. I mean, so defense for offense. I was going to say, no, we sacrificed But our offense. offense is worse this year than it is last year. So is our defense. We sacrificed everything. Right. <laughs> and so I'm... Uh, uh, and I'm not trying to be think, negative. I'm just trying to no, be honest about no, it. No, because there there are pieces here. There are an, There's enough pieces here to make the playoffs. Adding a couple pieces is what we need to do. But everybody seems to think that the sky is falling and that there's nothing here because of how the season – that's what worries me so much about the end of the season is that the people are sitting there going, 
this team stinks. Well, it does not the stink. The way that they I'm finish. telling you, Philadelphia, the team does not stink. This team is a playoff caliber team. Optimistic Jeff returns before we take the break. But no, I mean the the way that this team <laughs> Get off has my lawn. the way that this team has has finished the season is going to yeah. leave a, a bad taste in people's mouth and make them feel that the team is worse than they actually are. When the start of the season made that's them feel like they so, were better than they. But actually that's are. what uh, that's what frustrates me so much is that they should be building upon this, and the only way to build upon it was to have spent the last couple weeks showing the people that pay the money the what the future can bring and that's not what they did kingery did not play second base at all at the end of the season and that is his position hoskins has not been playing first base routinely that is his position franco's been hurt a little bit so he hasn't had a chance to play but we don't have even jp crawford i thought he was going to play every day what happened to that Really, Nick Williams got hurt. That's frustrating. Out there, got hurt again. Roman Quinn should be in there every day, and he should be batting first. He, you do. I'm so frustrated <laughs> right now because think about it. Put Roman Quinn at the top of the lineup, okay? It changes everything. It changes your whole lineup. Not only does it. Ch- I'm not just talking about how it physically changes the lineup. It changes the mood of the entire stadium to have excitement the potential for excitement at the top of the lineup. If you are going to a baseball game and and Carlos Santana starts off the game, you're not you're not excited about that. No, you're not excited, right? Jeff. No, I'm not excited about him walking. Okay? But but if Roman Quinn gets up, he can hit gap, he can hit doubles. You wouldn't he even get mind runs. if he walked because if he's he, got speed exactly, on base to steal the base. That's my point cuz if he walks, you're still watching. Because you know he's going to get a big lead, and he might be off at any second. And that's what I'm telling you. You change the dynamic not just of the team. You change the dynamic of the mood in the stadium. And that's what I'm confused about when it comes to Roman Quinn. Well, we're going to leave that there. Uh, Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee Titans head coach, decided to use his Friday press conference to voice his concern about the Eagles. (laughs) Stick with us. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.NewJerseyShares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Taking you into the weekend with the latest news in the world of sports. With the biggest names on and off the field. It's the heart of sports each and every Friday at 4 p.m. on 610 ESPN. With former players, reporters, and commentators like Adam Schefter, John Runyon, Keith Jones, Trey Thomas, and Doug Glanville, Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen cover the agony and ecstasy of fandom while weaving in conversations about the impact of sports on society. That's the heart of sports, Fridays at 4 p.m.
Welcome back to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. All right, Jeff. Uh, Eagles win last week. Carson Wentz. Oh, we're done with the Phillies. Oh, we're done with the (laughs) Phillies. You've beaten that horse to death. I will be there on Sunday, though. Uh, You will be. That's right. um, And I'm sure we will talk about them again. But let's move to the Eagles. And just one other point. No, as we move into the (laughs) offseason, our our High Hopes Twitter account will continue to make sure that we're going to be covering all of the offseason stuff. We'll be covering... The Arizona Fall League results. We will be uh, pushing out more interviews. If you look today, we pushed out another interview, so keep keep an eye out for that every week. We'll make sure that you are informed in the offseason. About what's going on with the yes. Phillies as they head into bringing the team together next year. And I'm already excited for spring training. Of course but you go ahead. Uh, you're excited for spring training before the season even starts each year. <laughs> um, okay, so the Eagles won last week. I was slightly nervous with Carson Wentz on a wet field. He looked yeah. really good, though. I mean, he he did. He not, looked fine. Yeah, the rest of the, the team. penalty <laughs> flags. Yeah, we'll get I to that in a second. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts watching him come back? The way the team responded, how they played. I thought that for for a guy who has been out, you know, for as long as he's been out and not having any getting to play in the preseason, I thought that he acquitted himself well. I, I think that he had command of the offense. I think that he had control of the huddle. I think he's he's clearly the leader of this team, despite what Nick Foles did last year. And and I think that the, the play calling was pretty good. And Especially just, considering despite they didn't the have, lack of weapons. Yeah, I mean, they barely did anything to their wideouts. Dallas Goddard finally played like the player that you sort of hoped he would play. I was shocked he had no receptions in the first two games, but he had 73 yards and touchdown in this game. By the way, did you ever think that you'd see a North Dakota State to guy a throw Dakota to a State. South Dakota guy, state guy, and apparently the people in South Dakota and North Dakota are very interested in what goes on. I have a friend who is over at Philly Voice, and he calls yeah. in to talk to the South Dakota State Station <laughs> and give his Eagles update each week on what's oh, going on no. out there. So they want to hear the Bison it. and the Jackrabbits. It's uh, it's very interesting. Down at sixteen thirteen, the in the fourth, the Eagles had an eleven minute eighteen second drive that took seventeen plays. 21 if you count the penalties that negated things. <laughs> I, I'm no so, more flags, please. The, the flags drive me insane. Uh, defense really did a pretty good job, even though Jalen Mills, you know, a couple of tough situations again for him, but mm-hmm. they held Andrew Luck to 4.1 yards per attempt. Just two of his 25 completions were large, longer than 12 yards. This defense hasn't given up points in the final two minutes of a regular or playoff game at home since December of 2016. And Andrew... You know, Andrew Luck was supposed to be the next face of this league. I, I may be from these injuries, but he, he just didn't look right to me. Well, I mean, look, he's, he's coming back from some serious injuries and serious problems, and, you know, that's going to that's gonna take time. I will say that Indianapolis as a team looked a lot better. They looked like a Frank Reich team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they ran a lot of the same plays right. as the Eagles did, and you could see the influence there already from the new coach. We mentioned the flags. Uh, it's infuriating. Ten calls for 110 yards. That's 27 penalties game. for 266 it, yards so far in three games for the team. It, it is a momentum killer just watching it. it there, there's so many penalties. It's it's really dragging them. They're, they have to get it under control. Very frustrating. Uh, Jay Ajayi did not play. Darren Sproles did not play. Looks like this week Ajayi will play, though he does have a small fracture in his yeah, back. I, I, I'm I'm not optimistic that this is not going to be a lingering injury. A back fracture yeah. is not something that feels pretty good. Sproles mm-hmm. is out again this week. Um, there's a question as to whether Alshon Jeffrey will be back. He's been cleared. 
but there's a question as to whether he'll return. How are you feeling going into Tennessee? Because their coach is pretty concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily about the team. He's concerned about the fans. Uh, he held his press conference today, and he uh, said that they, the Titans need their fans to show up for Sunday's game because the players can be caught off guard when the home team Too stadium late. has so many visiting fans. <laughs> Too Here's late. the line that I like, though, from the CBS article. Yeah. Just the latest episode of Eagle Fan Stadium Takeovers. Right. <laughs> Just they they, you they gotta, travel well. You have a friend in Nashville right now. Yeah. He's having lodging changes difficulties, correct? It's sold out down there. There's a bunch of conventions that are also down there at the same time, and Nashville on a weekend is, is a great place to go for three days anyway. So... I'm not surprised that Eagles fans who already travel well don't say, hey, I can go to Nashville for a weekend. It's it's a great way to spend a weekend. The weather's supposed to be great. Everything's lining up for a lot more green than there is powder blue or whatever color they think they have. It should be a fun atmosphere down there. It's gonna sound it's gonna sound like, like a Philadelphia home game. Oh, is Ray, it? Vrabel knows exactly what he's talking about, and he knows what the takeover that's coming. Otherwise, he wouldn't say anything. But I don't know what pleading. All he's doing is taunting everyone. Yes, it's it, not it was a very dumb thing to do. People who aren't going are just selling their tickets anyway. Yes. It's, They're not going to say, help. oh, well, Mike Vrabel told me not to sell my tickets. It seems like Eagles fans are kind of ho-hum. They're overlooking a lot of these games. Not the ones that? not the ones that are going to Nashville. But do you get that sense that, like, it's, oh, we're going to beat, you know, Indianapolis. We're going to beat Tennessee. It's not it's not the traditional, oh, my God, the potential sky it's is falling. It's the Super Bowl it's, high. Is it's that not the, over Is yet. that the hangover? Yes. That just, uh, no, like, it's not a hangover. This is still the, the Super Bowl. It's the glow after. Yes. So uh-huh. it's not the hangover yet. No. It's the glow. The, so the we're, on a, we're on the sugar high right now. We haven't crashed yet. Is that mm-hmm. what's going on yep. here? Okay. Because but, I, but the candy bag's about to be empty. <laughs> I don't I don't get a sense of concern. Uh look, the team has I mean they've they're they're two and one. They're gonna play in Tennessee. Should be a tough matchup. Uh, you know, Tennessee beat Jacksonville last week. Nine to six. Even without their it quarterback. It was horrible. Well, that's, that's it, football. That that's a bad that was a bad football game. And the problem for Tennessee is they have no offense. Well, Mariota has had elbow and nerve issues. Yeah, he's he got that ulnar nerve thing. He threw for 100 yards last week. He ran for— Well, he came in in relief after an injury to their after, starting quarterback. After three passes. Three. So, <clears throat> just letting you know. And it was Blaine Gabbard. Uh, will you be going out <laughs> of your way to watch the game this week? What do you mean out of my way? Is it on at 2 o'clock in the morning like the, like the Ryder Cup? <laughs> we're I don't get, have to go out of my We're going to get to that in a second because I didn't realize that the Ryder Cup started so early. That, that messed with my world. You weren't up? No. Wow. I, I was up after that, after yeah. my son woke up. But, <laughs> Maybe that's why he got not, up. Not for the golf. Yeah, yeah. that's right. He was, uh-huh. he was ready for the golf. It's like, Dad, let's go. Um, your thoughts on the state of the team right now. They've they've been battling through some injuries. They mm-hmm. are 2-1. and one. They're favored in Tennessee. How do you feel about the Eagles after what will be the first four games of the season after Sunday? They're fine. They'll be 3-1. and one. And they'll go. That was, pro- that was profound. Thank you. <laughs> that was in-depth analysis right there. Our listeners That's, just my learned confidence. so much. As a lawyer, you learn to write succinctly, and so I'm giving you my succinct. They're going to win. They're going to. They're going to be three and one. 
they're going to go on to, in my opinion, an 11-5 and five season, and then the, then the fun starts. That's what I used to tell my candidates when I ran political campaigns. The best speeches are the short ones. Right. The only problem is I'm pitching it to you to give something better <laughs> than they're going to win. Way to be. All right, so we'll move on from the Eagles. The, well, no, the, the offense, I think, is going to be fine. The problem is is we haven't – the other part of when the, why the sugar high is going to die soon is we need the players back. We haven't had that full the the full the gun is not loaded right now, right? So you you haven't had Carson Wentz for a few weeks. You haven't had Al Sharon Jeffrey at all yet. You you have running back issues. You don't, from one week to the next, you don't know which of these five running backs is actually going to be in the game. So when you get the full complement of the offense, I think people will then start to pay attention more. But the assumption is they'll be fine until we get them back. That was the in-depth analysis that I was looking for. You're welcome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Now we can go forward and tell me, how was I supposed to know that the Ryder Cup starts at 2 a.m.? I don't know. Like, you should just did know. I miss? I mean, I look for this I mean, stuff. Did I miss I mean, I'm it? a guy who's wearing a President's <clears throat> Cup sweatshirt right now. I, I turned it on this morning and they were in the second, <laughs> the second group groupings of the day. And I was like, yeah, wait, you, what happened? You got to see the bad part I, because, because they were up three to one. Team USA couldn't sink a putt to save their life in the I second know. group of well, pairings. I, I'm, I'm worried about this because not because of the, the regular guys. I'm worried about this because of the captain's picks. And as much as and I am a huge fan of Phil Mickelson, Phil Mickelson has not played good golf the last the last half of His this season. His pairing played particularly poor. Yeah, and DeChambeau di has had some good tournaments, but he is not a consistent yet player for the for Ryder Cup competition, and they put those two together. So that was a, that was a loss. Tiger Woods lost his, his match, um, and then the afternoon they just fell apart Yeah, and lost all four matches. So now they're down 5-3. down 5-3 heading into the weekend. Exactly. So Are you more likely to watch Ryder Cup or football? Oh, I'll watch both. It, but the Ryder Cup has to be – the thing about this golf is it, it really is incredibly exciting. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to cover last year for us the, the President's Cup, and when it is close, the, the competition and the, the rowdiness of the crowds – because it's different than a regular golf tournament it, because it's a team. And once the other guys get done, they they're all following behind him. And so your poor family is going to have to deal with you rowdy at home at like 4 o'clock in the morning while they're playing. On Sunday, how it's going to happen? Yeah. Well, I don't. You don't have to. Do worry. I have to put out a warning here. It'll be over time. by the time the Eagles game starts, probably. That's right. Right. See, this is good timing. Mm -hmm. It's like when you have that Sunday morning football game at nine a.m. from London, and you can watch it and then go right into the one o'clock game. See, the, part of me wants to move to the West Coast just, just so I can that? just so I can watch early football and then have the afternoon. Have the to afternoon like to go do yes. whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Um, you uh, you obviously watched Tiger last week, right? Yeah. Let's go back a, a second. Uh, Beat a 30-man field that included 18 of the top 20 players to break a five-year title drought. Mm -hmm. 11 under. He was... He was old Tiger. He was, and the mm -hmm. crowd and the excitement on the golf course was really cool to watch. But I, th but I think that the reason that it was so exciting this time is because people think this may that may have been it. Uh, if anybody expects old Tiger next year, I think they're mistaken. So the Masters odds being updated to him as one of the favorites, you're not buying? No. Mm -mm. You think that this is a... I'll be there. Do you think this is a last hurrah? What no, you, I, I mean... I at the I, Masters next year? No, I have tickets. Already? Oh, yeah. 
Look what do you mean already? Wait a second. You wait, have, wait, you hold have to, on. You hold have on. To let's, put... let's, let's argue this out on the air. What? Where was my invite? Where was the, <laughs> hey, I'm going to go to the Masters. Would you like to go with me because we do a show every week together? Where was that? Uh, Brett, what do you think about this? I was not invited. You're going to ask what to the, the Masters, Masters is? Do you know what the Masters is, Brett? It's no. golf, Brett. Yeah, I figure it's golf. Okay. I just do a three-hour golf show. And so how yeah. do you how do you feel about the fact that my partner, who we sit across from each other every week, did not invite me to this wonderfully prestigious tournament that he got great tickets to? The next time I win the lottery. Why, for, Jeff? <laughs> so so let me tell you how hard it is to get the Masters tickets unless you want to. I didn't you say you to, had to pay for it for me. Oh, well, you have to mortgage how your house to it? get the tickets otherwise. But you have to put in your, your name in for a lottery. Mm-hmm. And and I don't I don't care. I'll, I, I'm, we're going to a practice round. It, it doesn't so matter. Basically, you just told me that if I, you won the lottery, you wouldn't share it with me. That's what you just said. Okay. Well, I feel differently about the good news is my now. teenage son probably <laughs> is not watching, but and listening. But just in case, it's this is his dream too. So well, we're we're, we're doing our father son so, masters. Okay. Weekend. So we'll move on. Understanding <laughs> that that your son is more important than me. Yeah. I get it. Okay. All no right. problem. Uh, right. The the ratings were through the roof. Five point two. Up two hundred and six percent over last year. Of for what? For the oh the, tour the tournament okay. last year. I mean, you can't deny whatever people feel about Tiger. Mm-hmm. They watch. Right. They want to see him play. They want to see him play well. There's just not the interest. And the cool thing was the young players that were there waiting for right. him after he got off the green. I thought that was cool. And well, I thought now that's he's good an for elder. Golf. He's an elder he, statesman. He well, that's the the odd part of it. It's like this. Just so people realize, Tiger is forty. I mean, this is not so. That's uh, old now because I'm going to be forty in February. Well, it's not old for me. So, but <laughs> I'm just wondering where you classify but, me. But as point. an athlete in any sport, that's pretty old, unless you're Tom Brady. All right, all right. How uh, often does he play now, Tiger? He's been playing well. Yeah, I mean, when he came back, he played in, every week. When he came back in December, he was ranked 1,199th in the world. Now and he's ranked 13th. In ratings are getting better though, right? Much better. Whenever, Which is funny. Any any tournament that he's in, yeah. The ratings go up. It's they, funny because I used to hear the term that someone once told me that golf was like a dying sport. Well, it depends who you are. I mean, yeah. it's not necessarily the sport that young kids watch all the no, time. But like way, the guy who said that to you probably watches wrestling. Uh, I forget. No, it was, it was a golf show. Matter of fact, it was a golf show. I used to run at a different station. There you go. There you go. And he all was right. Old, he was well, we got a cu- we got a couple minutes left, and let's, we got we got to talk about. Let's the go to Sixers. Right? I'm headed down to the game tonight. Yeah. I'm going to watch them play Melbourne. Eh? Hey. Oh, that's Canada. That's something, right? Yeah. It should be fun. Look, I'm looking forward to the Sixers being back on the court, seeing what they have. I'm interested to see Markel Holtz shot. Yes. I think uh, people would be paying and, attention and to that see a lot. him playing a game. Lots of videos coming out about him. Mm-hmm. We didn't really get to talk about it on last week's show much. Um, Elton Brand, new general manager. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts? I'm a little bummed. Because we talked I'm to him. happy for him. Because you enjoyed talking to him with the Blue Coats and you wanted to talk yeah, to him Yeah, I guess we can let you want to let the cat out of the bag. Sure. So we're, we're going to be doing a, a show in addition to this show, a separate show covering the Blue Coats this year. So and so we'll be finalizing that in the coming weeks and figuring out how we're going to work that yeah, out. Yeah, so and I mean, El- El- was he's a, he's a really good guy. And it was he a good did, interview. It, even though he's only been out for a couple of years, he's he's super smart. He knows a lot of these players. The players there was a lot seem of really respect. excited yes. about the move. I think <clears> that he'll be good at recruiting people to come here, and I just think he's going to do a good job. I mean, I'm not I'm not worried about it. I w- I, so w- I would be more worried. This is sunshine if somebody and else. roses, Jeff, on the show with me today. 
You're patient about the Yeah, Phillies. well, you should have seen me yesterday. You're patient about the Flyers. <laughs> you're down with Gritty. Yeah. And you're patient about oh, the Eagles. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't get that I'm down with <laughs> you Gritty. Are, you are Mr. Mr. Happy today. Yeah. Well, what, what ca- what's causing all this, Jeff? Uh, I think I got all my frustration <laughs> out yesterday. <laughs> okay. um. <laughs> are you... Are you excited? Here, you want me to be frustrated? Yes. You, you want you want get off my lawn, Jeff? Yes. Get, here, here, ready? Let me get off my lawn. Uh, yesterday, we I got a uh, we got a statement saying that uh, Zaire Smith had surgery on his foot. Oh, you mean our red shirt for this year? Yes, our red red shirt freshman for the season. Is that a prerequisite for this team? Apparently, you have to have somebody that will sit. Wouldn't for it the be year? great if you actually like? Why? Why can't we have a guy who comes? It's been but years. But my question is, when he comes back, does he go through the G League? Because he hasn't played any of the summer ball. He hasn't played any of the. the When's he coming camp? back? Is this going to be another situation where he we're going to go? Well, we're just going to shut him down for the season, and we'll, we'll see him. I don't think that he's. It's the, the foot injury, but I don't think. See, to me, it was that is a dangerous injury. To I have. know, but I always felt like some of the the way that this team handled injuries was about the stature of the player. Mm-hmm. I felt like they were more cautious with players of larger stature, and I just don't know if they would view Zaire Smith that way. Uh, here, here, and it's it's you know but here's not, the, here, it's cold to say, but it's just a fact. Here's the glass half full comment. Ready? Okay. So so there's no point in the Sixers rushing him because they cannot make the NBA Finals this year because <laughs> Joel Embiid doesn't agree with you. No, no, because the Cavaliers have indicated that they are still the team to beat. Okay. So Without if I'm the Sixers, I might as well just Hold give up, up now. Like, why say that? If if you're on the Cavaliers, <laughs> what is your logic behind making that statement? Is that what got you angry yesterday? No, but but doesn't that just encourage drug testing? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it encourages a lot of questions, but I didn't think you were going to go there. Um so you don't think that Cleveland is a team to beat? I'll tell you who does. No. Look, I'll tell you who does look scary. Toronto. No. Yes. Bo- Boston. Well, yeah, Bo- but Toronto Boston's, does too. Boston's got a lineup that's mm-hmm. going to be tough to match up with. They've got some versatility in it. You know, it's going to be a test for the Sixers playing against them this season, but it's going to be exciting to see this team take its next step this year. You know, you want to see what Cork Moss is doing. You want to see what Markel Fultz is doing. You want to see what these young players are doing. I want to see what Zaire Smith is I want to see Ben Simmons shot is what yeah. I want to see. I, by the way, I have a theory. Ben you, got, Sim- you got ten seconds. Ben Simmons theory. is snowing people when he when he says that he can't shoot threes and nobody should expect him to shoot one. And you watch. I have a feeling he's going to be shooting some threes. I'm not saying that's, he's going to hit fifty percent, but I, I'm telling you, why would he say that? That's going to be the last word for this week. Right. Thanks so much for joining us. Make sure to join us next Friday night. To help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. Bye bye.